In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Good News for the City, the broadcast radio partnership between One Heart DC and WAVA Radio. My name is Brian Bales, and I have the distinct privilege of being your host for this show week in and week out. And I'm so grateful for so many of you that catch us right here on WAVA or later on, catch us on podcast at goodnewsforthecity.com, or maybe even catch me personally on some Sunday here and there as I have the opportunity as well to be the lead pastor at Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. Well, it is Christmas time, and as the song goes, it is the most wonderful time of the year. But if you're like me, it's really easy to have moments in our life where we put our focus on good, but not the best thing. And then many times we wonder, from the inside of us, why isn't it as wonderful as people tell us it should be? Well, our guest today is going to come together and talk about how one man can change the world. You just have to make sure it's the right man you're looking at. So I'm privileged to have with me in studio today, Dr. David Rennick to talk about the most important man who can change our lives. So Dr. David, thanks for being here today. And I appreciate that. It just came out, Dr. David. Do people call you Dr. David? Uh, sometimes they do. Mainly sometimes just they do. David. Yeah. Well, you know, I will tell you in my house, I've said this from time to time, uh, I'm never called doctor unless... Uh, someone needs a recommendation for something. They always want me to sign it, doctor, or I do something unwise or not smart at home. And my wife will say, nice move, Dr. Bales. So, you know, it, humbly, our spouses keep us that way. They do. Well, I'm excited to have you here today to talk about the most important thing, Jesus, as we do on the show all the time, because he is the good news that changes everything because it's a gospel that makes a way. As we say this all the time on the show, but maybe some people are listening today and they don't know who you are specifically or why you're on the show. Let me give him a little bit of background if I can. Uh, you grew up in Edinburgh, Scotland. You received a BS in applied math from St. Andrews University. And so while you were there, you spent your junior year in the United States, and then you returned to the States to pursue theological education at Gordon-Conwell Seminary in Massachusetts, and then later on a PhD in biblical studies at Union Seminary in Richmond. Uh, you, you've served a multitude of churches from sizes 50 to 2,500 in Labrador, Canada, in the United States, in Virginia, Texas, Kentucky, South Carolina, and most recently before you retired. And I know you didn't quite retire. You just were reassigned to different ways of ministry that God That's had it. for you. But uh, your last uh, assignment there was senior pastor of the National Presbyterian Church. We served for 11 years until you retired or reassigned, so to speak, from there to what God has for you next in September. Uh, 47 years. That's awesome. They've been married uh, from your, to your wife. You met at actually St. Andrews University in Scotland when she was a junior year abroad program from Tulane, 
which makes me think about my own daughter someday and whether I should let her go study abroad. But that's a conversation for a different time. Uh, she retired this June as an elementary school librarian in the D.C. public school system. You have three adult children, five grandchildren, both in D.C., Virginia, and, of course, Louisiana. So thanks again for being here. Let's dig into this if we can. And no pun intended when I say dig into this when we talk about Christmas because, you know, archaeologists often find things. We know that. And in the Christian faith, specifically, they will attest that any time they dig something up out of the ground pertaining to the facts in the Bible, it fully corroborates the facts that the Bible talks about. And I understand that there's this ancient marble tablet that was found seemingly pointing to Jesus Christ. Let's start there and kind of fill our listeners into this idea of seemingly and really what was going on there, if we can. So seemingly is a, a good word because it, it comes down to Jesus down the road. So let me take us down uh, the road. Over the past few years, my wife and I have been privileged to travel to Greece and Turkey to visit some of the archaeological sites of some of the cities and towns where the very first Christian churches were established. No church buildings to be found, of course, because the Christians met in houses, but there are plenty Mm -hmm. of structures from the first century, including houses, that help us to know what city life was like. One of the most amazing places for this is Ephesus. Yeah, I've always wanted to go there, by the way. Oh, it's an amazing place. The Apostle Paul lived there for a couple of years. You can read about this in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 19 in particular. Go south of Ephesus, there's a lesser-known town called Miletus, and that too is mentioned in the Bible. It's the last port of call where the Apostle Paul is returning to Jerusalem. He's going to be uh, imprisoned at that particular point. But on the way between Ephesus and Miletus, there is a small town called Priene, P-R-I-E-N-E. It's not mentioned in the Bible, but in 1899, a remarkable marble tablet, as you mentioned, was found there, and it had a significant inscription on it. The author was a man called Paulus Fabius Maximus. I'm going to call him Max. I appreciate that because it's easier for me to call him Max later on, too. Yeah, so, so Max believed that someone had been born into the world whose influence was so remarkable, especially in bringing peace to the ancient world. He was sort of like a prince of peace, mm-hmm. that he had to be divine, sort of like the son of God. Yes. And he deserved the title Savior, and he's very explicit about that. More than that, Max believed that the day of the Savior's birth was a day of such spectacular good news, and that's a word used in the Bible from which we get our word evangelism. Uh, He believed that it was such a spectacular day that the whole of the calendar Mm -hmm. should be changed in his honor so that his birthday, this figure that Max refers to, would be the first day of the new year, the beginning of a new era uh, throughout the ancient world. And that's what he wrote in this inscription. And he wanted this change in the calendar to become official. I mean, it's his idea. I think other people may have had the idea, but it would be uh, something that the whole world would honor. Right. And it sort of sounds like Jesus. Yeah. In fact, I mean, people who are listening right here on WAVA or the podcast, they're like, well, this is a show about the good news. What we're setting up right now is Dr. Rennick is, is talking about, here's where Jesus was first talked about. Here's this idea, but that's not actually the case. No, is no, it? There's no, a plot no. twist. So, so this inscription, we, we know historically was written before the birth of Jesus. Right. So he's not referring to Jesus, but he is referring to someone as a savior, as a prince of peace, as sort of the son of God who begins a new age, a new period in history. Yeah, so we know that people today, they use this term, have Messiah complex. They think there's something that they're not, and sometimes that's something that people take on themselves. But we could probably even look to today and look to some people in our culture that others would look to them as a form of a savior one way or the other. And so this isn't anything new. So given that that Max wasn't a prophet, so he wasn't saying there was there was one to come. He was saying there's one here, and we already said that Jesus wasn't born yet, so we couldn't be talking about Jesus. 
um, who, who was this ancient messiah ah. in their idea, I guess. Well, he really is talking about a great figure, one yeah. of the greatest figures in history, the first Roman emperor and probably the greatest Roman emperor, Augustus Caesar. Okay. And Augustus Caesar, actually, on the coins you get from that day, has the Son of God written on there. Yeah. Uh, and, and the Latin, Pontifex Maximus, the mm-hmm. bridge to God. He's the great high priest as well. Which I think for a lot of people who may be familiar with certain parts of the scripture is a lot of that tension when that coin was brought to Jesus about who you should pay tribute to because they looked at it, a lot of Jewish people did, as idolatry because they knew that they didn't always recognize Jesus as Messiah, but they definitely recognized the emperor was not Messiah, right? right? We move on to Tiberius, but Augustus and Tiberius, I mean, all of these ideas are linked to the Roman emperor right. as the great figure uh, of, of the world. Mm-hmm. And this person is being called savior and mm-hmm. his birth is being declared as a day of good news. Right. And for the world, in a certain sense, it was. He brought an amazing peace to the world that was there. But Augustus uh, is not, as we know, Mm -hmm. the one through whom the calendar changes. But he does appear, and this is fascinating, in the story of the birth of the person we celebrate at this Mm -hmm. time of the year. He appears in Luke's account of Jesus' birth, Mm, the beginning of the story in Luke chapter 2. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people, especially around Christmas time, go to that section of Luke chapter 2, and they read this this section that we're going to read in just a second. You know, there came a decree from Caesar Augustus that, depending on the background that, you know, I I grew up with the King James Version background, so it said that all the world should be taxed. And frankly, at the end of the day, that was the goal of the census, so that people could be taxed. But, you know, historically, you know, as I understand history, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, that Augustus Caesar was, for Roman emperors, a pretty good emperor. Because that's about from, as you say, from 41 years, 27 uh, before Christ to 14 uh, after Christ, so 14 AD, he, he was a ruler. And we certainly know later on coming in in the 30s, and you mentioned Tiberius, and then you know, you've got Nero, and you've got a whole lot of things that are going to happen later on. But in this culture, in this moment, okay, so there's this Augustus Caesar person who was a wonderful human being comparatively in some ways. And I'm sure there's people going to correct me on that later on. But um, oh, why, why is it important, I think, I guess, then that when we go to Scripture, that uh, I'd ask you to read it if you don't mind, that he's, he's highlighted here. And, and what are we driving to? So let me read the Scripture, and then I'll give you three reasons why I think Augustus's name appears okay. here. So this is the familiar passage from the New International Version. In those days, Caesar Augusta issued a decree that a census, a tax roll, effectively, Mm -hmm. should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David the king, greatest king of Israel, yeah. because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them, or there was no room. Yeah, so inn. we know that the scriptures that were given us, they all have a purpose, they're, they're, they're there for a reason. And I think when we look at this, some people can just look at this idea that, you know, hey, this is what happened. They came to the census and was born. And certainly that's there. But as, as you look at this and you look at specifically in this section of Scripture, there's a number of purposes that you mentioned. Just kind of walk through them for people who may be very familiar but didn't see this. Or we understand that from time to time there are lots of people who listen to Good News for the City who are looking for good news. And so this it's all built right in here. 
Yes, it is. So the first thing is really kind of straightforward. Mary yeah. and Joseph are from Nazareth. Why is Jesus born in Bethlehem? Well, because the Emperor Caesar Augustus says mm-hmm. that you got to go to your family town home. Just yeah. like we go home at Thanksgiving to various places, they had to go back to, to Bethlehem where the family originated from. So that's number one. Yeah. Uh, number two is that I think from a spiritual point of view, this is a reminder that the story of the birth of Jesus is about real people mm, who live in yeah. real circumstances in life. Mary and Joseph were at the mercy of the powers that be, and they had to travel when they didn't want to travel. So we're in the Northern Virginia area just now, going down I-95 to Richmond. If you don't want to do that at the wrong time of the day, you don't want to do you, that. No, you're, you're right. You're going to get stuck. My family and I have family in Ohio. And we don't go back to see them usually around Thanksgiving time because there's only one way, the Pennsylvania Turnpike. And I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, that, that's a lot. But that's nothing compared to what we're talking about here, So it's right? no jokes. So 70, 75 miles on foot, on donkey, whatever it is, mm-hmm. pregnant. I mean, this is no joke at all. So we cover the Christmas story with tinsel and glitter. And mm-hmm. I love this time of the, the year. But this is not a tinsel and glitter kind of a story. This sure. is real life. And God meets us in the middle of real life. And then you get to Bethlehem and there's no room in the inn. I don't know if you've ever driven up or driven through the night and you need to find a place to stay and everything is booked up or your credit card's maxed out or you made a reservation. Nobody can find the reservation. This is no fun at all. And I love that reminder that I think, you know, that Mary and Joseph were normal human beings. Uh, I think there's a tension in our lives that we read people who are talked about in scripture. And because they're talked about in scripture, we sort of let's just say, um, paint a picture of them that doesn't look a lot like us in some ways. Well, those are super special people because they mentioned in Scripture. And, and they might be people used amazingly by God, but they're very normal, real people that had difficult problems under the power of other people and, and the things that I think a lot of people can relate to today. Well, there's so many forces around about us that seem to control our lives yeah. and take away our own sense of freedom. And Mary and Joseph knew exactly what mm-hmm. that was like. And maybe some people are feeling like that today but god was at work in this and this is the most important the important thing that in the midst of this seemingly strange event where they're taken out of their own environment god is absolutely at work through them and that's the second reason why i think augustus is here he's the power mm-hmm. he's the controlling force so right. it seems but god is at work at the ultimate controlling force in their very very normal and human life. You know, and I think almost we could just stop today and go, hey, don't forget that. Right? Yeah. No matter what it seems on the outside, you know, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9, um, I'm going to talk about it soon at, here at church at Christian Fellowship. It says that man has a plan, but God is in control. God is sovereign. And I think there's a lot of times we can miss that in the midst of that. So thanks. That, that's a, a wonderful reminder. So this, this mention of Augustus and his decree, it really sort of grounds the story in history, right? And it brings it sort of real down to life. And I think that's a a wonderful thing, right? Yep. And then there's a third reason. And this brings us to the angels in the story. We can't leave the angels out of the Christmas story. Mm -hmm. And I think those are real too. So we've got the reality of Mary and Joseph. But then we've got the reality of the message that the angels bring. What's interesting is they are saying the same words that are in this inscription that was found in the town of Priam. But Mm -hmm. they don't refer to Augustus. Mm -hmm. They refer to to Jesus. So listen to the to the angels. There's yeah. Gabriel who tells Mary she's about to become pregnant at the beginning of Luke uh, chapter 1 or in the middle of Luke chapter 1. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born to you will be called Holy, the Son of God. Yeah. So here's the real Son of God, the real divine one 
Yeah, so if, if I'm following this correctly, what you're helping people see is they were taking language that people would have already been familiar with, but saying, listen, you are looking for the right thing, but you've been looking to the wrong place. Oh. So let me redirect you, right? Brian, that's exactly right. Redirect. So this would be common parlance, mm-hmm. but now it's being directed to Jesus. Right. This most unlikely baby, uh, as we have heard, born in Bethlehem. Then uh, the angels come to the shepherds in the fields near Bethlehem. This is Luke chapter 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, do not be afraid. Nothing beats King James here. Fear not. Yeah, fear fear not. not. Yeah, exactly. I mean, fear not says it all. For see, I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. That's the word, good news. Mm-hmm. The good news of Augustus' birth or the good news of Jesus' birth. So the terminology is familiar. Great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. And that, too, is a word that was used for Augustus, who is the Messiah, the Lord. So Jesus is now proclaimed as the Savior. And his birth is the day of good news. Mm-hmm. So Max sort of gets it right that there is a real potential for one person to change the world. And politically speaking, Augustus did that. I mean, his reign was really quite remarkable. You mentioned it good as far as people go. I mean, he could be ruthless. He absolutely could. But he brought a peace to the world which was staggering. Mm-hmm. And the gospel spread in large measure because of that peace. But he was not the bearer of the great good news, nor the savior people were looking for. And Max therefore got it wrong in terms of who he identified mm. as this particular person. Yeah, and so, you know, we kind of started at the beginning of the show this idea of um, that often we're well-intentioned, we're looking for that wonderful life, uh, you know, the most wonderful time of the year, whatever it might be, and so we go and seek after it. And so we go and seek after it, and it leaves us lacking at best, right? And it's not that there isn't a wonderful life out there available for us, right? Jesus himself said in John chapter 10, I came so you could have life and life to the full. The challenge for so many people is I think they're a lot like Max, if I'm hearing you correctly. Like he, he got it partially right that there's something out there, but really, really wrong yep. where to go after it. So um, when we look at this, I think we can certainly afford to get some things wrong in life. I mean, I think we've all taken wrong turns and the GPS has told us to redirect. And we said, no, we know better than the GPS. And we go for a while and then we learn differently. But there are some times in life where if we make decisions like that, it's going to have much more significant impact. And certainly in this case, an eternal impact. So there, there are one things that we cannot get wrong. And that is, who is the source of good news? Who is the source of life? Who is who we should look to to be our savior? So talk about that. You know, you've been talking about it already, but certainly just let's drive it home for Cam. Yeah. So, so Jesus isn't just our helper. We need all kinds of people to help us. Sure. The Savior is the one who ultimately helps us, mm-hmm. the one above all others. So we're looking at who's at the top. And everything in society is distracting us. So there are different forces that we look at, but there are also different people we look at. I mean, yeah. think of the power of something like entertainment tonight and the desire of people to look at the rich and the famous or the sure. powerful uh, and the, the importance that individual figures have in the story of our nation, in the story of our lives, the story of our particular group of, of people. Mm. It's not that these people are unimportant. Augustus was important. There's yeah. no question about that. But the question is, who's at the top of the list? And what is important about the Christmas story is it seems so unlikely at this moment. A couple traveling from their hometown to Bethlehem. Jesus is born. There's no room in the inn. He's the person that we're supposed to trust in. Mm. 
And think of the gospel being written in the first century, and not many people believe, and they hear this story. It's incredible, unless, of course, it's true. Yeah. And this is what Christians have believed. They've said, I'm going to take my eyes off all those other figures. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put them on this particular figure. Uh, I think as well, this whole connection with God that is there in Augustus is really important as well. The bridge between God and us as human beings. Mm. It's not the normal kind of bridge. It's not a fancy bridge. It's just the relationship with this one person Mm. born uh, in Bethlehem, born in a manger, laid in a manger, and who has the power to give us life in all its abundance, life in all its fullness, as John 10.10 says. Yeah, I mean, we all know it, like personally, I think, and certainly others that they're looking for really good news. And there's a whole lot in our world right now that isn't good news at its base. We all know whether people are, are going to admit it or not, are looking for a savior, someone who's going to rescue them, someone that they're, they're going to serve. I mean, I don't know if we want to quote the great theologian Bob Dylan, but he says, you're going to serve somebody. Right? I've quoted him before as well. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if you're going to serve someone, you're looking for the good news, the, the true answer is Jesus, because you just mentioned he is our way back to God. He's the way to connect to God. And we don't want to miss this right now, do we? We, we certainly don't. And and it seems, uh, once again, some people would say, one person can change the world? Yes, one mm, person can change yeah. the world. Who is that person who can change the world? And not just the world as a whole, but my world in particular, bringing sure. it down to earth. Just as, in fact, with the stories about these individual characters, Mary and Joseph, very simple, Mm -hmm. very straightforward, and Jesus comes into their lives just as he wants to come into our lives Mm -hmm. and bring a radical transformation more powerful than we can ever uh, imagine. God weaving his plans and purposes into our lives as into Mary and Joseph's lives, God giving us good news, bringing us a savior, his own self revealed to us in this most unlikely baby yeah. born in the manger. So in these last few moments, if you can, if someone's like, yes, that I believe, that I hold on to, what should they do? Because sometimes as, as pastors, we both are, as leaders and that sort of stuff, we tell people and then we forget to tell them how or what to, what to follow up with that. Share that with them if you would in these well, last couple of minutes. Following through on the, 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 the whole issue of this being simple and straightforward, we can talk to the Savior. You yeah. couldn't get an audience with Augustus. Yeah. But we can get an audience with God made known in Jesus. Yes. And it simply is a matter of turning to him, believing as he promised that he is with us always, mm-hmm. and saying, Lord Jesus, I know you were born for me. I also believe you lived for me, and I believe you died for me. This sense of being powerless is there through the whole of the story. Yeah. And yet God's power reigns in the resurrection. And we say, come into my life. Make my relationship with you the strongest relationship of all. Mm. And in that relationship, I believe, we will find the power we need to experience a life of good news and great joy. Oh, this is a great conversation. And I hope our listeners, again, are, are hearing that, that Jesus is the good news, that one man can actually change our life and that God weaves his plans and purposes into the history of our lives. He meets us in every circumstance, even when it seems he's far away, he, he's right there. He, he can come to us again and again to reconnect our lives and it makes forever. And so just maybe for the first time you've heard this today, and if it's the first time that you've heard this today, please don't hesitate to follow up. You know, in the last 30 seconds or so, David, it's just been a pleasure to have you here. But if you could give someone maybe a word of encouragement in the midst of maybe a time this Christmas that doesn't seem like it's good. 
Well, I would say that this is a message for those who've never heard it before, but it's also a message for those of us who've heard it so many times we've become numb. Yeah. And we don't really hear the message, how powerful the coming of Jesus was into a world which needed good news, just as ours does. Mm. The power of a single relationship. We know it for for evil as well as for good in our lives. But the relationship which can turn us in the right direction is with this baby, this Jesus, born for us this Christmas. Oh, that's such good news, isn't it? It is indeed. Uh, Dr. Hennig, thank you for being here in studio with us. Thanks for your words and your heart. and uh, Or maybe direct you to a place that's closer to where you are, a local church, a local pastor that can walk you through the most important thing of life, the truth about the relationship we can have with Jesus. Of course, as well, you can always send a comment to comment at wava.com, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can on that. Or if you'd like to talk to me personally, it'd be my honor. You can reach me right here at Christian Fellowship Church by calling 703 729 3900, that's 703-729-3900. And so no matter where you find yourself this Christmas season, whether your circumstances are trying to tell you there's good news or whether they're not, the truth is there is good news. And that good news is Jesus Christ. He is the truth. He is the gospel. He is, as we say all the time, the one that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington DC metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.